Why do you want to do it? What's the impact that you make? What do you want to fulfill in your own life? You have to ask yourself the hard questions. My why was I want a way to show the world that all these women are doing it. So, you know, you know, for the naysayers and the critics that say women can't do this and that. So I wanted to show the world that women are more than what you perceive them to be. Welcome to the Genius Women podcast. I'm your host, Yulia Denisuk a published travel photographer and writer, an entrepreneur, and founder of Genius Women. Four years ago, I quit my corporate job to pursue my dreams. And today, I'm on a mission to help other women pursue their creative dreams as well. This is Genius Women, a podcast where we explore living a rich, meaningful, beautiful creative life through in-depth conversations with brave women pursuing their wildest dreams. If you're ready to put your fears and doubts to the side, go after your dreams and step into your brilliance, you're in the right place. Let's go. Before we get to today's episode, I just wanted to say that if you're a new listener, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Be sure to go to GeniusWomen.com slash travel and grab your free guide to getting your travel stories published. And remember, women is spelled as W-O-M-X-N. Again, you can find that free guide at GeniusWomen.com slash travel. Okay, let's dive in. I'm very excited to share with you this episode we recorded recently with Nastasia Jakub, a travel photographer, author, and founder of the popular and revolutionary women's travel community called Dame Traveler. Coming from a conservative family background, Nastasia was a revolutionary herself when she left her family in Michigan to pursue nursing and later became one of Instagram's first full-time travel creators. In this conversation, we cover the highs and the lows of being a creator on Instagram and celebrate the feminist spirit that has guided Nastasia's work from the beginning, from forming Dane Traveler to publishing a beautiful travel adventure book earlier this year and supporting other women in the travel space. I hope you'll join us. Nastasia, I'm so, so excited to welcome you to our podcast. I've been a fan of yours for so many years now, it feels like. So I'm I'm super, super excited to dig into your story today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been like a very long time since we last saw each other, but hopefully we can reunite soon. I know. Oh, goodness. First of all, let me ask you, how are you doing? Nastasia, you're uh, in New York, which was one of the hardest hit places in the States. How are you doing right now? I wish I could say amazing, but I am hanging in there. But overall, I think I'm just grateful to be happy and healthy and content and safe. So mm-hmm. that's really it. Um, and I'm just embracing the slower pace of life, which no New Yorker ever says, but here we are. And let me just say that I've been so enjoying your stories from New York, the photographs that you've been capturing of the streets of New York. They're just, they're so New York and they're so beautiful and I've been just really loving them. Thank you. That's actually really been my savior these few past few months. Like that's the only thing that really kept me sane. I would go on like long solitary walks, of course, with a mask and social distance, but I realized the moment, like even a couple days before the official lockdown, the city was very tense. And I just had a feeling like something bad's going to happen. So I actually started photographing the city right away because I'm like, this is crazy. How is the entire nation just locked down right now? So I've been photographing New York, the streets of New York, because I've been here the whole time besides a two week break to see family in Chicago. But I've basically photographed New York's COVID evolution from March up until now. So I have thousands of photos of what New York felt like and looked like since March. And it's crazy, like basically the roller coaster ride we've been on. Um, But I think that might be my next project just, just for fun to put these photos together and turn it into a book because it really shows New York's resiliency and that we still press on and stay strong. And of mm-hmm. course, the US as well and the world. 
regardless of what happens is just human nature. So I tried to be as raw as I could. It wasn't like, oh, pretty spots in New York. Like this is real. These are like boarded up. This is a boarded up city. This is a really tense time under COVID, but in a beautifully poetic way. So it was like Mm -hmm. showing the pain of the city through my eyes, but it was very honest. So I'm actually really proud of those photos. They are gorgeous. And for our listeners, uh, Nastasia, in addition to running her amazing Dame Traveler and Nastasia Passport accounts, which we'll link to in the show notes, she's also recently started Love Letter to New York City which is where you can find some of those photographs that you're talking about. Yeah, I just figured I'm here, I'm going to be here and I do love New York City. I actually started it right before the pandemic as a way to help like small businesses and just like an ode to New York. And then the pandemic hit and now it's like it really resonated with a lot of people who follow it, who love New York, who either miss it or live here and miss the old New York. And so it's just a very romantic way of looking at things. Awesome. Well, can't wait for that uh, uh, new project of yours. Thank Um, you. And I want to cover all the other amazing projects that you did. So let's start. Let's get started. I want to start where I always start uh, these conversations, which is, tell me, what was Nastasia dreaming about as a kid? Oh my gosh. Well, I can honestly say I never dreamt that I would be where I am today. (laughs) I think my biggest dream was to just get out of Michigan. And I didn't know what was next after that. Yeah, so check. That's a big check mark. I grew up in the suburbs of Metro Detroit, Michigan, very Midwest, very conservative, very close minded. So unfortunately, I didn't have a positive experience growing up there. But on the bright side, that is what pushed me to get out of there. And I think my biggest dream was to get out of Michigan. <laughs> it's honest, mm-hmm. like I didn't really have any other dreams at the time. Like, you know, I didn't come from a background of travel or money or educational prestige. So I didn't really have any examples of what could be possible. But my aunt Nedwa was like my mom's sister the black sheep in my Middle Eastern family. Um, And I always just looked up to her and I always just knew that she wasn't afraid to do whatever she wanted, regardless of what people told her she couldn't do. And whenever someone told her she can't do it, she would work 10 times harder just to do it. And so I definitely got that from her. And she was the one who saw something in me and pushed me to get out of there. So when I was 20... I applied to nursing school in Chicago and New York. And just the idea of a big city was just really exciting for me. So I moved away, despite my family not being very happy about that. I got a lot of pushback from them, but I did it anyway. And it was the best decision I ever made. Awesome. That's so cool that you were able to to do that and to uh, break away, so to speak, right, from what you didn't want. But did you always know that you wanted to go into nursing or was it like more spontaneous uh, decision for you? Um, So I, at the age of 12, I was diagnosed with a very severe form of scoliosis. Um, So that's the severe curvature of the spine. And um, they caught it like a little bit too late. It was at the time that they caught it, it was about an 80 degree curvature, which is an extreme S. Um, So right away, within a week, I had major back surgery, and they implanted a spinal fusion to straighten out the spine. And I was in bed rest for basically like a year. And then I just I grew up with that. And I just remember meeting the nurses, and just remembering them like being so kind to me and just empowering me and being amazing. And I just, you know, when I asked myself what I wanted to do, aside from getting married, which was the only expectation from my community and my family was, you know, like the pressure to backtrack a little bit, but the pressure to get married and have a family on women is just very like, it's very present even today in 2020. Um, It's changing a little bit, but we still have a long way to go. But I knew I didn't want that at a young age. Um, so that they inspired me to become a nurse because I'm like, this is beautiful. This is a beautiful thing. They're 
getting paid to help people and uplift spirits. And I, I, I really liked that because I love helping people as cliche as it sounds. So that's why I applied to nursing school and I got accepted into Loyola University. And I remember just uh, thinking like, oh my gosh, my entire life is going to change. And it did. It truly did. That was probably the best decision I've ever made, regardless of how scary it was at the time, because I was on my own in that decision with no support. Goodness. First of all, I just want to point out that you said you wanted to be helping people and to inspire and uplift people. And I feel like that mission of yours has continued with your life, even though you're not a nurse anymore, which is so cool to see how that really is a thread in your life. Can you tell us a little bit? You just mentioned the community that you came from. Can you just maybe explain to our listeners a little bit more about that community? Yeah. So we're um, we're Chaldean, which my parents were both born in Iraq, and we are Iraqi Christians, which is pretty rare. We're Roman Catholic, <laughs> but we speak a dialect of Aramaic. Um, so it's Sounds similar to Arabic, but they're two different languages. But the culture is very beautiful and rich in history. And it is one of the oldest languages in the world. And so my parents fled Iraq from religious persecution and just it being extremely dangerous. And they met in Michigan and had me and my sister. Um, and so there's a large population of Chaldeans in Michigan, Arizona, San Diego, and then they're just kind of scattered a little bit everywhere, but they really like to stick together and they don't like outsiders and they don't like when people leave. <laughs> so I left and that was just not very, um, it wasn't fair. It wasn't a popular decision because back in 2000, it was 2008 when I left. And for a woman to leave her family before getting married is just very frowned upon, um, even though I was just going to nursing school and not hurting anyone or myself. Um, but that's, I think I became a little feminist since I realized that this is not okay. I was born in the US and I have a very different mindset and I'm not going to be brainwashed into thinking that you can tell me what to do just because I'm a woman. So I fought back at a very young age and I continue to fight back and I will always fight back. And I'm very proud of calling myself a feminist because I don't think that is a negative word. Absolutely. And goodness. I, I knew your story a little bit, but I didn't know it in detail. And now it puts it even into more perspective for me how freaking revolutionary was what you started with Dame Traveler and everything. That's just uh, so cool. Thank so you. Amazing. Yeah, it's, that's the thing. People think, obviously, they see Dame Traveler. And if they don't know me or my story or like the background of it, they just think it's a pretty travel page, which, of course, there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that perception. But there is a lot of depth to the foundation of it and how it started. And really, of course, travel is a beautiful thing. Beautiful photos are a beautiful thing. But the whole concept of Dame Traveler was really born out of my past of struggle and fighting for my right to live my life the way I see fit. And a lot of women get a lot of criticism and pushback when they, you know, travel solo. And this was my way of just telling the world, no, we are proud of traveling solo. And even if we don't travel solo, we're proud of travel. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we shouldn't be criticized for wanting to explore the world and not sitting around and waiting for someone to come along with us. Oh, you know, you should wait for when you get married or when you have a boyfriend or don't go there until you can, you know, you have someone to go with like a guy. I'm like, I've been to over 67 countries. I'm five foot one, 101 pounds. And most of them were alone. And I survived because I have a brain and I'm very smart and I make smart decisions. <laughs> and that's all I need. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. I love it, Nastasia. This is perfect. <laughs> but we jumped ahead a little bit and you went to nursing school. You studied to become a nurse and now you are this amazing travel photographer, Instagrammer, author, creator. So tell us what was that moment, if there was a moment where you're on this nursing path and then you realize that, no, I actually want to do something different. 
Yeah. So actually, it wasn't my it wasn't a decision um, on my part. It, it honestly just fell into my lap. <laughs> um, so I went to nursing school, graduated, and I actually got married. And so everything was just kind of like falling into place the way life falls into place, like, you know, all the ducks in the row or whatever. But I quickly found out that I like, obviously, my life now has been (laughs) not very, uh, not such a smooth journey. Um, So basically, long story short, 2013, I got married, and then I I graduated and I got a job. So that was a big year for me. Um, And I got a job on the labor and delivery unit in Chicago, because I've always wanted to work with babies. And my goal was to become a neonatal nurse. But unfortunately, as a new nurse on the job, it's very stressful and very physically intense. And having a spinal fusion doesn't make that easier. Um, Mm -hmm. So I went to go break, they call it breaking the bed and to move the mom to the stretcher and the bed fell on me and I fell into bed rest. Yeah. So one of the nails that secures the rod that I have actually shifted and I had to just basically recover for a few months. But during that time, I was, I've always needed a creative project, obviously, like now during COVID, like taking photos of the city or even in nursing school, I used to take film photography classes, just some sort of creative outlet because that has always been therapeutic for me. So while I was on bed rest, I was really depressed and Obviously, I just spent four years and a lot of money in student loans getting through nursing school. And it basically just ended abruptly um, because it just wasn't safe for me to be a floor nurse anymore. And they recommended I go back to nursing school and become a nurse practitioner or work at an insurance office. But that's not why I became a nurse. So I, those options were just not for me. So until I could figure it out, Instagram was just starting to become popular around that time. And I remember getting an iPhone just to download Instagram. And I had went on my first solo trip to South Africa in 2011. So before the injury, and that really, I went to go volunteer because I, you know, it, it, I couldn't, find anybody to join me. And I was just asking my classmates and people and they would say, Oh, yeah, that's so cool. But when it came down to booking it, like, obviously, people would back out. And that happens to so many people. And then a lot of people just never go to that destination because they can never find anyone to go with them. So I was like, really sad about it, bummed out. And then I just impulsively booked a flight to Cape Town. And I was like, well, I can't back out of it now. And I'll be fine. And, and I went and it really changed my life was my first solo trip ever which now looking back at it I didn't take baby steps so maybe I should have but I guess uh, moving to Chicago like kind of helped me a little bit but I made friends with like 12 other volunteers there and it was just a really great journey and that's where my love for solo travel was born and then basically once Fast forward to being on bed rest after my injury. I noticed that Travel and Leisure featured my photo of Santorini. And I was just like so excited about it on their Instagram page. And I'm like, this is so cool. There's so many general travel communities on Instagram where they're posting everyone's photo. But they're, the only theme is just travel. So I'm like, wouldn't it be cool to follow like a female-focused travel account where you know you're following other women who are traveling solo and just celebrate a way to celebrate them so I could not find one at the time and I basically just fulfilled the need because I was like I can't find one to follow so let me just start one for fun and I when it came down to like naming it I was like oh yeah I was just bored with female traveler woman traveler you know I'm like I want to make it like stand out just and I knew that eventually more accounts were gonna come so I started googling the word woman in other languages and I found dame and when I read the definition I was like yes you know like a brave courageous female knight like French knight I was like wow who like throws caution to the wind I was like whoa that's that sounds great so dame traveler and I remember getting criticism from like friends saying like no, no one's going to know what that means. Like you should name it something more recognizable. I'm like, nope. And now it's like one of the most recognizable names. So yeah, so stick to your gut. If it feels right to you, then just do it. But yeah, for the first two years, I'd say I was, I, it was just like a hobby. And then back then we didn't even have DMs or anything. So like people would comment like, you should start a blog. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. So 
I started the blog as, you know, and I, I shared my email address with people and invited people to start like writing on the blog because I, I, I didn't want the blog to be all about me. I wanted it. Plus, I was on bed rest, so I didn't have much to share besides like my few past few trips before. And so I was like, this is such a great way to share the stories of these women and empower other women who are too scared to do it. Because the number one thing question I got was, weren't you, aren't, aren't you scared to go to Africa on your own? Or weren't you scared? You know, I would love to go, but I'm too scared. And so I was like, oh, this is such a great way to show all these examples to the women who want, who are curious about traveling. Um, and that's how it was born. And then basically in 2000, that was 2013, 14. And then 2015 was really when I started monetizing it and started receiving invitations to go on press trips and, and things like that. I knew something big happened because it was starting to get a lot of press and it was growing so fast because people just loved the idea and it was such a strong niche. And so it just got so much attention. So I knew something would come out of it, but I just didn't know what. And then it just completely changed my life. And then before I knew it, I was traveling full time for work. First, what I wanted to just mention, something that you said, which I think is important to point out, is that it took you two years to be comfortable with, and, and, and I will ask you, like, how or like, how did you know that this is now the time for you to pursue this full time? But I just like want to point out that, because this is a question that I get often, is like, how do you get published in National Geographic? What do you do to make this a full-time, perf- like, how did you do this? And it's like, well, it takes time. It takes time and effort and consistency and effort and blood and sweat and tears. What I say on in our masterclass and other stuff is there is no magic bullet, right? There is no one secret formula. There is a method. There are things that you need to do for sure, but it's not like, oh, do this one thing and overnight you will become this successful full-time traveler there's no magic magical gimmick you know there have you ever seen that poster where it's like social media it's literally a long list of things that a, like a social media is which is you're your own pr person you're your own content producer you're on this, it's like the longest list that people don't realize all the things that we do for ourselves you know that we don't mm-hmm. just take pretty pictures and post it's very powerful. And I think everyone should read it to truly understand what we do to make th- this magical, seemingly magical life happen. You know, there's so many components, like you said, and there isn't just one thing that, but I think, uh, uh, you know, the press piece, the fact that I was getting a lot of press was because it was such a strong niche. Um, and there wasn't anything like it out there. So try to find something that's unique. It says social media isn't marketing, PR, photography, videography, directing, editing, sales, copywriting, crisis managing, researching, data analyzing, graphic designing, brand strategizing, paid advertising, industry expertise. It's all of it. It's so true. It's so I'm going to send it to you because that is gold. Like anyone who criticizes social media, like needs to read this because it's it's this we do all this and more i think you're you're spot on that in your specific case right you had such a strong brand from the beginning and such a strong i guess maybe not even brand but such a strong idea that what it is that you're trying to build and filling that niche that uh, didn't exist at the time and i and i talk about this all the time too right Saying you want to be a travel photographer, a travel writer, it's not enough. Travel is such a big space. What are you passionate about within travel? Why do you want to do it? What's the impact that you make? What do you want to fulfill in your own life? You have to ask yourself the hard questions. My why was I want a way to show the world that all these women are doing it. So, you know, you know, for the naysayers and the critics that say women can't do this and that. So one of my whys was because I wanted to show the world that women are more than what you perceive them to be. And that's what drove me. And that's what continues to drive me because, of course, social media drives us all crazy at varying spectrums. But during the times where I wanted to give up, and there's been many times that I've wanted to give up, even before COVID, I always ask myself, why do you do this? And you do it really to help others. And 
I just remind myself of all of the women that I have helped and I want to continue to do that in any way I can. So you mentioned that, you know, it took you about two years or so as you were kind of building it and, you know, it was still a hobby. So when or how did you know that, okay, this is really a viable path for me to dedicate full-time attention to? Yeah. So I was married and my ex didn't really under, he was in finance. So he just not a creative person and he just didn't understand what I was doing. So he was like waiting for me to get a quote unquote real job. But I have a very, yeah, I have a very entrepreneurial spirit and we see, we look at the world in different ways. So I saw possibility in what I was doing and he didn't. So I, to make him happy and so we could stop fighting. I found a job at Orbitz, their headquarters in Chicago. And really, I got I had a nursing background, but I got the job as kind of like a content producer, Instagram, social media type junior manager. And I, I got the job based on my portfolio as Dame Traveler. <laughs> like I just, you know, I added that to my resume, and they were very impressed by it. And I got the job, even though I had no marketing or background or anything like that. That was 2015. And now even more so you can get creative with life and with the job market, like any anything goes this way. These days, it's not like there's just one size fits all approach to things, which is great, because it was so boring before. It's like, what, why does everything have to have such a perfect streamlined um, way of doing things when everyone is so different? So it's exciting to just carve your own path of getting to your destination rather than following the same exact destination as everyone else. It's so silly. So well, yeah, I wasn't afraid. Like mo- a lot of people would be like, well, I don't have any marketing experience. so I'm not even going to try to apply to that job. And I was like, I ha- I built something. So here's my proof. And if you like it, great. If you don't, then I'll try something else, you know, and, and look, I got the job. So if you don't try, you- it's not going to happen. Nastasia, I know now why we uh, gel so much. I'm like, you're saying this and I'm like, yes, yes, yes to all of this. And like what I say too, is that it's 2020. And even with the pandemic, and, and I, of course, I don't want to downplay the seriousness and the tragedy of the pandemic, but it's like, it's 2020. There are so many ways to carve your own path nowadays that weren't available before, even five to 10 years ago. Anything you want to learn, you can learn it. You YouTube it. Like today, my my zipper got stuck in my jacket and I'm like spending 15 minutes trying to get it out. And then I'm like, you know what, let me just go on YouTube how to uh, how to fix a, a zipper. And, and then he, he had brilliant ideas. In two seconds, I like fixed my zipper. I used tweezers. He recommended tweezers and I fixed it. And I'm like, it's just, we live in a time where there's no excuses. Whatever you want to learn, you can learn it. Everything I learned was based on what I found on YouTube, how to edit photos, how to do digital photography. I do this. The only schooling I've ever had was my film photography class in um, and that really just trained my eye but that's it so it's like we really have no excuses that endless amount of resources that are out there you can learn anything you want and you bring up actually an excellent point that I've recently realized and I've been thinking a lot about recently is that it breaks my heart when people say I'm not a good photographer or I'm not good enough at X, Y, and Z. So I would never make it in this field. And why it breaks my heart is because all of those skills are learnable, 100%. You can become a better technically skilled photographer, writer, and everything. But what's stopping people most of the time is their fear not the fact that they don't have the skill. You are totally right about that. And mm. and yeah, and if uh, I think every photographer will say, if, if you rewind three, four years ago and compare my photos to now, my photos would scare you. We all do that. We all look back into our feeds and any, if anything, you know, you can look through your feed and be like, whoa, it's crazy how much I've evolved. But practice makes perfect. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. I love it. So many gems. So you were working at Orbitz, and then what happened? I lasted like three months. It was great. Like the team was great. I learned a lot, but it was I was like working in a cubicle in an office and like dreaming about travel. But when I asked for like a long weekend, they were like giving me a hard time. Like, is this going to be my life? I'm just going to be like working with travel writers and just staring at photos of travel, but now actually traveling. I don't want that for my life. You know, I just like randomly resigned and I remember my ex getting really pissed off at me but I was like I don't care 
<laughs> I resigned because I this is not making me happy. And I remember I had already started Dame Travel because this was 2015. And I realized I was not paying attention to it as much because I was working on someone else's dream rather than mine. So it's the moment I, I resigned, I put a thousand percent of my energy into Dame Traveler. And shortly after I started getting all of these opportunities that were pouring in because that's when I was, that's when I sat down and I had no idea how to make a media kit. I Googled it and I created one. I fixed my website. I did so many things to like really prepare myself for success and to just go all in. And And then that's when the universe started listening. And, you know, I'm a very spiritual person and people pray to God for things to happen. But I always pray to God for things to happen. But he also wants to help you if he sees you helping yourself. And it's kind of like he lifts his hand to to help elevate you more and more and more. So it's kind of the God, universe, whoever you speak to or whatever you believe in, it listens when you actually are taking action yourself. Rather, you can't just sit on your couch and like, dream of this life that you want, but you're not actually taking action because you're too afraid, but you're just wishing and hoping. But it's like taking those small steps that really accumulate. And that's, that's really what makes all the difference. And then eventually, before you know it, you're living your dream life. I remember my ex and I moved to New York, actually, in 2016 for his job. And we were unpacking and he found my journal. And he at one page, like he flipped to like random page and he was like, whoa, this is crazy. And he showed it to me. I had written in this journal in 2013 when I was on bed rest and I wrote with the pen and paper, I want to travel the world for a living. And I forgot about it. And he's like, look, that's what you're doing right now. <laughs> Goodness, Nastasia, you are speaking my language all the way through. Like, that's so crazy. That's so amazing because that's exactly what I'm talking about all the time, that small, consistent actions every day. Taking action is the most important thing. And I 100% believe and I know and I've seen it happen that once you put in the work, things are going to start happening. Yeah, without forcing it. You just, you know, are tiptoeing to it subtly and then just knowing in the back of your mind that eventually it's going to fall into place. And the other thing I want to just mention too, which I find so fascinating is that I'm really interested in the way our brains work, our minds work. I'm interested in awareness, mindfulness, and those kind of topics. When we start seeing signs or when things are starting to fall into place or when the universe is listening and putting opportunities in front of us, it's because from a scientific standpoint, your mind starts noticing things that it would not have noticed before. I read somewhere that our minds process insane amount of information every day. And most of it we don't pay attention to because our brains filter it out because otherwise it would be too much to process. When you're like actively putting your attention, when you're putting your dream on a page and saying, this is who I want to be, this is what I want to do, you're giving your mind and your consciousness instructions to pay attention to things that you wouldn't have before. It's not to downplay any other explanations because I'm also very spiritual and I also believe in the universe listening to you. But that's more to me like you helping yourself. Right. And being conscious, like you said, the awareness component is very important and being self-aware you know it's like um, listening to your inner voice rather than just going through the motions in your day-to-day life like really truly listening to those thousands of thoughts that are you know crossing your mind per day and then being actively conscious of making the right choice in what to focus on like you know oh that thought doesn't serve me so let me you know shift my thinking in a different direction. So that, like you said, that self-awareness piece is extremely important. Yes. Amazing. So Nastasia became this amazing creator and professional working with destinations, working with tourism boards, going on trips, traveling, recording content, curating this amazing Dame Traveler community. What I want to Digging to a little bit now is perhaps some of the challenges of this path, because there are many. Oh, so many. Oh, my God. I mean, just navigating it because there's no standardization. 
you know, and still now like for like rates and PR companies. And it's just like, it's not fair. Really, I think the most important thing was recognizing my worth for the first few years, I was just doing everything for free, because I'm like, Oh, I want to build my portfolio, which is great, you can do that. But then I was just like, I need to pay my bills. And I'm working extremely hard. and I'm always over delivering. It was only just a couple of years ago where I started becoming more confident and stronger in my decision making. But I always said that I don't want a agent just because they don't always come off very friendly. And I didn't want that type of person to represent me. I mean, that's not always the case, but that is pretty common. So becoming my own agent was very hard. And of course, brands are, you know, not all brands, but a lot of brands will take advantage of you because like, it's harder to get what you deserve. Um, But it's still like, even now I'm still going in blind a lot of the times when I receive invites or whatever, which is very foreign right now, because it's been a year since (laughs) any of that has happened. But I was just starting, you know, to feel extremely confident this beginning of the year, and then all of a sudden, everything just shut down. The, the thing about worth and about confidence, I can relate to that so much because I was on a very similar journey like when I started. And now the, the thing that I'm most, I think, happy and proud about now is that I'm not afraid anymore to negotiate rates and to ask for a raise and to be paid what I deserved, you know, which was a journey too. And I think one thing that's difficult in this industry is that it's still like what we talked about earlier, it's still not considered or not viewed as a real job. So it's like, you have this hesitation even. Well, should people be paying me what I deserve? What do I deserve? It's that imposter syndrome thing that, you know, I was mentioning before. It's like, you know, like, am I really worth this? You know, like, and then then you hear like another influencer did the same, you know, got invited to the same campaign and got paid three times the the rate that you did. And it's like, God, I just, now I'm even asking, I don't even know if this is the right thing to do, but I've become a badass since COVID because I'm suffering financially. I'm just like, you know what? I'm always kind, but I'm now I'm more firm and more upfront. It's everyone when they say, oh, this is our rate and we cannot pay you anymore. The budget is not flexible. So then I ask, are you paying all the influencers the same rate then? If that's your budget, I don't even know if it's appropriate to ask, but I want to know that I'm not the only one getting paid the lowest rate when you're telling me that this is, you know, your budget is so strict because it's happened so many times. Like we talk to each other, we know, (laughs) we know what goes on there. So it just sucks. Like it's always heartbreaking when you hear, oh, this person literally just got paid three times more than I did when we did the same thing. Yeah. And, and the lack of transparency is, is a real issue in this industry. And and it's actually one of the reasons, too, why I started teaching this year is because I couldn't find the resources that would tell me how things work here. It's like everything is so hush-hush. Everything is so secret. I don't know. It's uh, why? Why is it? Yeah, it's frustrated me so many times. And I just really like there, yeah, there have been times where I, I, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to give it, give up. And also just so, you know, social media is obviously, it can be a very shallow place. And I'm sometimes too deep for people just in general as a person. And I just found it to be very an empty place a lot of the times. And I would always just question myself, like, is what I'm doing actually making an impact? Because you know, when you're in it, you're so deep into working and creating and and whatever, going through the motions, and you're not really stopping to remind yourself of the impact you're making, you're thinking like, you're not seeing what other people are seeing. In 2013, nobody would post photos of people looking at the camera because that photo would bomb or like people in the photo, like people would want to just see landscape photos. And now it's totally different. It's like you have to be posing in a pretty dress and like looking perfect and flawless 24 seven. That's not realistic. If you look at me right now, I'm literally in a sweatshirt and jeans and a beanie. And this is my uniform every day. I'm sorry, but my hair is not blown out. My makeup is not flawless like every day in designer clothes and I think that pisses me off a lot about social media that like you know obviously this conversation has happened a million times in the world of just social media being so fake but 
it really annoys me. Like it annoys me so much. And I told myself, well, you're part of the problem. But I'm like, no, I'm not because I'm not approaching it in that way. So, you know, like don't, I, I, I try to stop that negative voice from, you know, making me feel bad about it. And finally giving myself credit for actually adding depth to this world that this social media world. And I try my best. And of course, that's not always the most popular opinion. People want that style. And even on the explore page, it's like couples like doing acrobats and like a sunset in a freaking resort. I'm like, oh, I'm so sick of looking at that. Now my explore page is literally like cats, puppies and babies and food. I screenshotted my explore page the other day. and I was cracking up. I'm like, yeah, these are my interests these days because I'm just so over the cliches. I'm so over them. That's the stuff that performs the best. I've dramatically changed the Dame Traveler feed like two years ago. I changed it. And of course, my engagement suffered a lot ever since I kind of been more inspired by like kind of like passion passport, more storytelling. You know, I've, but I'm only a one person. I, I had two other people on my team, but once the pandemic hit, I don't have any help. So it's really hard to maintain everything that I maintain. And I try my best with low energy. But I've really made a huge attempt into drastically changing my brand, you know, and steering clear of the cliched posts. Because I just got, of course, I'm guilty of posting those in the beginning. But then I personally just got so tired of looking at that stuff. Um, And if you look at Nastasia's passport, it's always been different than Dame Traveler. (laughs) I still think that things are changing, at least maybe in the smaller niche communities where people are looking for more real and authentic stories rather than all the post stuff. It's a balance, right? Because I think for me, social media is a tool at the end of the day, and it can still be an extremely powerful tool. And it can also be a source of a lot of frustration and And anxiety and stress. And oh, my God. For me, at least, Instagram has helped me a lot in my career. I've gotten assignments, all of that through the platform. So so I was a traveler before I was a travel photographer, whatever you want to call me. But like going to destinations and seeing people literally act so obnoxiously and so disrespectfully just to get that photo, that money shot for Instagram... And I feel so embarrassed and angry when I see that because it's disrespectful to the locals. It's disrespectful to the sacred sites. It's just like one time I was in Sri Lanka and this girl was literally like in a, you know, in like a, a just a bandeau, like, you know, crop top. And, and, um, and she was just like so pissed off that the guard wouldn't let her in without a shawl because she wanted to get a photo. And I just felt so embarrassed and like, I'm like, am I contributing to this? I always ask myself really hard questions and like, and I'm like, this is really what is popular on Instagram. This is what people want to see. And I, it makes me very sad, you know, Um, and it's, and I'm always very conscientious when I go to destinations, I'm always being conscious and aware to first interact genuinely with the people who live there and who are staring at me like, who are you, you know, and like, what are you doing in the place I live in, rather than just ignoring everyone and taking millions of pictures and not actually looking people in the eye and smiling at them. Even if you can't speak the same language, I think just glancing at someone and and giving them a offering them a smile and a nod and just acknowledging them and just in your own way, thanking them for being in their domain goes a long way rather than just rushing to get the photo running in and out and leaving. And I think that's what the Instagram culture has created and that makes me very sad. So I hope if anything comes from the pandemic, there's a really great article that one of the Dame Travelers wrote on the blog and it's how to be a better traveler in 2020. And that is a very strong article. It has so many great points of things that we should be conscious of now that maybe travel will start picking up again soon, you know. Because at the end of the day, these destinations aren't about you. They aren't about your dress. They aren't about your pose. These destinations are about the people that live there and the history that has happened and the events that are happening right now. That is what's important. And our role is to, not everyone is, you know, is obviously going to listen to that, but like, just be more conscious not to make these places about you. I think, Nastasia, it it starts with us at the end of the day, right? We cannot change the whole platform overnight. 
and having those conversations and maybe even raising awareness of these issues to people who might not be aware of those things, right? That's where it starts because at the end of the day, we can only control the work that we do and the messages that we put out, you know? Even though it irks me, I still try to mention it like in interviews because I want people, because I feel like people don't talk about it enough. And I want us all to wake up and to know, I mean, I can even do better. Like I want everyone to do better. All of us can do better. And if we just take conscious steps towards making travel more sustainable and really more respectful, that I mean, sustainable, that is a buzzword in the travel world. But what about respect? I think that's a huge thing that we forget about. We're in their their environment. We're going to their home, you know, like it's not our space. And so I think respect is very important when we're traveling. So tell us what is bringing you joy and hope right now in this difficult time and this challenging time. What are some things that are exciting you at the moment? Oh my gosh, I have to be honest. I got a little kitten back <laughs> like a month ago. He's only four months old, but he has brought so much joy to my life. It's ridiculous. Oh my gosh, because I was alone in this tiny apartment in New York like this whole all these months. So he's really kept me going. So he's really been bringing me lots of joy and also the optimism around the vaccine and like just things kind of looking up. I know really it's a dark time with all the cases rising right now, but I haven't traveled at all this entire time. I've just stayed in New York. So I'm getting excited to just get back out there slowly and whenever it may be, if it's summer 2021, if it's fall, whatever, whenever it is, whenever it's safe for myself and for others, for me to go back out there, I'll be ready. But I know that Italy, I, I've been going back every year for the past eight years. And this was the first year that I missed October in Italy. So that is really heartbreaking. But I'm really looking forward to going back. And I think I'm going to appreciate it that much more because I've been missing it so much this year. I started a print shop. So I'm starting to sell my prints. But right now, I just have a New York one. But it's in the link in my bio, Nastasia's Passport. So I'm excited to just share my work and see the photos hanging up in other people's homes. I think that's just like a little thing that brings me joy, you know, a little piece of my perspective of the world in other people's homes. I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, and yeah, the book, I, I really, it, it makes such a great gift, especially right now during the holidays for people who are missing travel and really love beautiful photography. And yeah, just support your local bookstores. It's almost everywhere. It's in West Elm, just try not to buy it on Amazon if you can. You can check out the book. It's a beautiful book. It's It celebrates all the amazing Dame travelers and creators around the world with such beautiful photography. It's just a, it's a really special book. So, and thank you for being in it. Yes, I'm in it too. So exciting. But make sure you, you check it out on our home episode page. So... If you could write a letter to Nastasia when she was just starting out on this Dame Traveler path, what would you say to her in that letter? Relax. <laughs> it's all going to be okay. Because I, I think once it's, I started monetizing it and like started going on trips, I was just panicking and freaking out. Like, am I good enough? Is this good enough? I couldn't really enjoy a lot of things because I was putting so much pressure on myself. But now I look back and I'm like, I was fine. Like I was panicking about getting the shots that I needed and you know, for no reason. Ninety-nine percent of the time I got everything I needed and I knew what I was doing even though I felt like I didn't. So just relax and enjoy the ride. And I think if anything positive came out of COVID is really it, it helped me slow down so I can really look back and remind myself of how I could do things better and mentally as well like to reduce anxiety and to just enjoy the extraordinary experiences that I had even more yeah because I think the dark side of this industry and of this profession that I think we're probably not talking enough about too is that the pace right I was I think on 18 trips in 20, 2019 or 2018 or something how did you feel though physically? Were you tired physically and mentally or 
I wasn't tired, but I realized that I was getting sick all the time. That life is very unhealthy. Yeah. I'm really enjoying the stability that I have right now. And I think I... Before the pandemic, I was trying to find a way to balance being at home more and traveling. But I think I was traveling like 80% of the time and I wanted to reduce it to 50 because it was just a lot. 2018 was my crazy year. I was just all over the place and that was not healthy. I never thought I would enjoy routine. I never had a routine before because every day of my life was different. <laughs> I didn't have, I, I, I had a, a different day every day. But now I have the same day every day. <laughs> but I'm enjoying the routine, like getting up, going get my car, like getting up in the same time, like, oh, this is what normal life is like. Going to the grocery store, doing laundry. Hopefully, we can come back to traveling with a different appreciation of uh, what we went through. You More know? gratitude, for sure. We have covered so much ground today and I feel like we need another hour because there's just so much that we can talk about. But what I would like to close this is with a question that I always close with. And it's kind of a big one, but how would you just start thinking about what does it mean to be a woman who is stepping into her brilliance today? Giving yourself more credit. Yeah, I mean, we're all juggling so many things. And I feel like women juggle even more than men. And yeah, just take a moment to give yourself a little bit of credit. Because whatever you're doing, or however little you're doing, or however much you're doing, you're doing just fine. You're exactly where you need to be in that moment in your life. So just be patient with yourself and give yourself grace. I needed to hear that today. Oh, I needed to be here too. <laughs> I reminded myself. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Nastasia. Thank yeah, you for thank you. coming to our show today. I appreciate it. Sharing um, your beautiful wisdom with us. Thanks so much for sharing an hour of your day with us today. I hope you found it useful. And if so, please consider subscribing to our show so you never miss an episode. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for checking out the show. And don't forget that you can find all the resources, links, and show notes over at GeniusWomen.com. That's women with an X. So if there was something you wanted to check out, you can always find it over at GeniusWomen.com. That's women spelled as W-O-M-X-N. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week for our final episode of this first season of the Genius Women podcast. I can't believe how much ground we've covered in two short months, and I hope you'll join us next week to celebrate this journey. Thank you.